Welcome to the Go Podcast. Go aspires to engage the local church in global missions. We seek to share mission stories that encourage, edify, and equip other Christians in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ at home and abroad. This podcast is a part of Liberty Bible Church Global Ministry. Your hosts for Go are Cami Sandner, a missions partner with Liberty, and joining her is Kevin Cram, pastor of global engagement at Liberty Bible Church. Welcome back to Go. Latest statistics in the U.S. show that there are 26 physicians per 10,000 people in our country. Looking at places like West Africa, this number is dreadfully lower. In the country of Tongo, for example, the number is around one doctor per 10,000 people. With this kind of disparity, it's obvious that medicine and healthcare are a critical human need in places like West Africa. Where does Christian missions fit into this story? How might God be using Christians who are doctors, nurses, therapists, and even counselors to minister to those around the world living in such a reality? Those are the questions we're exploring in this current series on medical missions. And today, we're continuing the conversation by speaking to one of our partners serving in a medical field in Africa. So, Kevin, who are we talking to today? Well, today, I am so excited we get to be uh, speaking again with um, Caroline Klingbeil. Caroline is a missions partner of Liberty who serves as a nurse at the Hospital of Hope in Togo, West Africa. So, uh, Caroline, thanks so much for being here again with us today. Thank you again for having me. First off, Caroline, welcome back. We're super grateful to interview you a couple months ago for part of our Thanksgiving offering episode. That was right before winter break. So just to remind our audience, each year our church has a special missions offering dedicated towards a particular project or need. And this year we focused our giving on the Hospital of Hope with a much-needed expansion for their maternity ward. So can you give us a quick update on that? How is that gift and others going to help the hospital serve individual mothers this year? Um, Yeah, thank you. Liberty Bible Church raised over $61,000 to help expand the maternity ward. Uh, That is incredible. And what an encouragement to me and my team here. So on behalf of everybody on my team and myself, I'd like to thank everyone at Liberty for their generosity. Um, In October, our hospital had a record 149 births. And then in November, wow. it was our second record oh, with man. 139. So these were our highest two months ever. And once again, I said this on the last podcast, but that's in four beds in our uh, labor and delivery room. Wow. So this money will help increase patient safety and the quality of care as we might actually have beds that are available for a laboring mother. Um, hopefully, uh, we will get building plans solidified in the next couple of weeks and then be able to break ground on the construction project within the next few months. That's the goal. That's awesome. Well, we're just so thrilled and excited to be able to partner with you in that. I know that we have a long, um, ever since the beginning, you, when you went over there, we've had a relationship with you and that's even just deepened in our connection, um, to the hospital and to the ministry there. So we're just, we're, we're really thrilled that we get to be a part of that expansion. So Caroline, you began um, your nursing career here in the States. Um, You specialized in oncology while you were here. You worked in several different places um, before you went to Togo. Um, Describe to us some of the differences that you've encountered practicing medicine there as opposed to when you were here in the United States. 
So I'm a medical person. I'm a nurse. So I think it's fascinating and I could ramble on and on about it. Um, I'll try to, I'll try to keep it concise. Uh, so one of the differences is what kind of things we treat the most frequently. Uh, most people in our area of Togo don't have many chronic diseases. That's mm. partially due to lifestyle. And then also due to the fact that there aren't great ca- chronic care options. Uh, so people are either not treated for diseases or they pass away. Um, and so we see relatively little heart disease, diabetes, mm. obesity, other things that pretty much fill the hospitals in the United States. Our hospital deals mostly with acute problems like malaria, infections, accidents, malnutrition, uh, premature babies, snake bites, and things that um, require a lot of turnover. So this leads to nursing care that is very fast paced and intense mm. on skills uh, as a any new nurse who comes here, we say you're going to get more experience than you've doing skills than you've had in the United States. Um, and so because of our limited resources, we treat what we can. Um, so in one way, it's more complicated because it's fast paced, high skills, but then it's also simpler because there are things that we don't have the opportunity to treat. Um Maybe there's just no treatment option. And so uh, we say, I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do here. Um, And so that leads to another difference, which is that the people here in Togo are much more accepting of death, Mm. um, which is sometimes hard for our Western brains to comprehend because maybe we don't want to give up on this patient or we see someone who doesn't appear to be grieving or taking it in the same way. Um, But they, they accept death in ways that sometimes I don't understand. Mm. Um, And part of that misunderstanding is because I know what kind of care is possible and we're in a low resource environment and we may not be able to offer all of the options that are, that exist. Um, And so then accepting those differences can be emotionally difficult. Um, Cost and poverty is another factor. Um, Many times we won't order the lab or the test um, because it costs a lot. And the result, whether it's positive or negative, that won't change how we treat the patient. Uh, So we're much more focused on assessments rather than images or labs or technology. But then we also uh, organize our care depending on what will make a difference in how we treat them. Um, And then Another difference, our patients are so incredibly strong and don't express much pain. Um, they are so stoic, even with things that I know I would make me scream. Hmm. Um, then just, you know, keep going. I could just keep rambling on. Um, <laughs> another big difference is privacy. Um, everyone here knows everything about everyone. And uh <laughs> All of our patients are in large wards, and so there isn't a privacy of space either. They are all in the same room. And then we often have to use multiple people to help with translation um, because a lot of our patients don't speak French. Our Mm. health literacy is generally very, very low, and so we have to explain very basic concepts to our patients Um, And that takes extra time. And so sometimes we have to go through multiple translators or find anybody in the hospital area who speaks a language. Hmm. And so 
you know, sometimes we send a family member out and say, find somebody who speaks more, who speaks Mosi, who speaks a full day, because there's nobody in the hospital who speaks that right now. And when they come back, then we use whoever is available to help us translate for That's our patients. Um, so <laughs> this kind of destroys the idea of privacy. Wow. Um, but yeah. it's important to help our patients understand what is going on. Um, and then teaching our patients, like even when to take medications or how often to feed their babies can be very difficult if there's a low literacy level. Um, you know, telling a mom to feed her baby eight times a day as, as every three hours. If you don't have a clock or a watch or a cell phone that's reliable, then you're we're telling them to feed their baby um, with the calls to prayer in the village, which is five mm. times a day, twice at night, and then once in between. Um, and hoping hoping that they understand in a way that will um, keep her feeding her baby regularly. That's crazy. Um, wow. So, yeah, it's it's, a, it's it's a it's a challenge. You know, thinking about it, trying to try that's there's so much and I can't imagine um what it was like to to adjust and learn to that new reality. Um but the thing yeah. the thing that kind of uh, strikes me is how used we how used I think it comes down to here in the United States the privilege that we have about access. You know, like mm -hmm. the kind of resources that we have like we just take for granted that if I have a problem, you know, I mean, we obviously have a lot of issues with, with health insurance and, and, uh, you know, financial, praying for financially and all that kind of stuff. But generally, like if we have a problem, we can go to a hop, skip and a jump to either a doctor or a hospital or a clinic and, and receive the care that we need. And not only mm -hmm. that, but the specialization is so great that if I have cancer, I go to an oncologist or if I, you know, have an eye problem, I go to an, you know, an eye doctor, if I, you know, so there it's just a completely different world as far as access, resource, specialization. And that changes, I imagine just everything about the way people receive and, you know, access care. I mean, that's just crazy. We probably don't even you should realize see, it. You should see some of the ways we transport patients back and forth to their homes. I mean, you tie you tie your sick friend to your back and stick them on the back of a motorcycle and then have somebody else sit behind them because they can't sit up themselves, but you don't have a car. And then you drive three hours to your village through rivers. Oh, so man. yeah, it's, it's a very different, very different environment. So our primary focus or the main heart of this series has always been the question to ask, why medical missions? What makes this field so significant in terms of the mission and purpose of the church? I think that's a fantastic question. Um, medicine, the field of medicine, healthcare is already an opportunity to reach people and be present and walk alongside them during a difficult time in their life. Um, when I was in, that was a part of the reason I chose to be a nurse. And in the States, I also had ample opportunities to share and show Jesus's love to people during a time in their life when they needed him. Um, on the mission field, it's really the same thing, but to a different population that doesn't have the same resources or exposure to the gospel. Uh, so Jesus said to go. So we're, we are here working and serving where Jesus sent us. Um, and because of that, we get open doors to hard to reach places because of what we do and because of what we are. We have a presence in Mongo and the surrounding area and a reputation where people know why we're here and who we are because of healthcare, um, which is really, really cool. And then 
uh, I talked about this the last time I was on the podcast, but we have opportunities to reach patients who are coming from Burkina Faso. Um, that is a place where missionaries can't really get to right now. Um, but because of the hospital and because of the open doors of the hospital, then we have the opportunity to reach those patients. Uh, we build relationships and try to show Jesus's love through our work here. Um, and it's kind of a cool fact, but a majority of our church plants and Bible studies in the surrounding area have stemmed from connections that were made in the hospital, from patients who were treated in the hospital, um, from family members who saw their family, uh, their the patients treated in the hospital who learn about the gospel or learn about Jesus and want to know more. So we have been incredibly blessed to witness some of the fruit of what is God, of what God is doing here through the hospital ministry on a regular basis. Um, as someone working in medical missions, we are here to bring physical healing, but the real goal is to share the good news of Jesus's love with our patients and to create connections and opportunities that lead others to him through the work that we do at the hospital. You know, I, I want the thing that kind of strikes me just putting it in very simplistic terms. Like if you were say you're a, you're an evangelist or a church planter and you're going out to reach a community that's unreached, not all the time, but generally when you're going into that community, you're going in as an outsider and a stranger. And um, there are so many obstacles that you have to overcome just to get to the point where you're sharing the gospel. You mean you're not always welcome there. You're not, you're most of the time not trusted initially. You have to build that trust. You have to, you know, get, begin to search out, you know, people of peace and access into, into that community. But with like something like the hospital, it's the exact opposite. You basically mm -hmm. have people coming to you willingly and eagerly. And not only are they coming to you, you, but they are coming to you in a place normally of incredible spiritual openness because of the situation that they're in, um, because of their weakness, because of their need. Um, they are coming in with a lot of open heart that otherwise wouldn't be, wouldn't occur. Do you, do you find that? Do you, do you share that same assessment? Absolutely. Absolutely. We have lines of people who wait at our gate every morning. Um, our hospital is full most of the time and we have the opportunity to speak to them and they come from places that we can't get to, you know? Right. Um, and I've talked about our core. It's a place where our patients wait to get care, whether that's wound care or antibiotics, or they have follow-up visits um, that they need. They don't want to go back to their home for. So they just wait. And this may, they're, they're essentially sitting ducks for the gospel. You know, they're just <laughs> waiting there. They have time We and we're here and they came to us. And so absolutely. It's just incredible how, how the hospital and how healthcare has been able to um, reach people that would be a lot harder to reach in any other way. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, well, I really want to just briefly explore the idea of people's physical needs, their well-being physically, and that connection that it has with their spiritual well-being. Because part of our American culture is we tend to dichotomize or split, you know, the spiritual side with the physical side. You know, we have a very dualistic view of human nature. You know, they're usually not seen as connected or um, as a whole one. Um, but that's not true in, in other cultures. And I'm imagining that's, that's true in Africa. How do you see, um, that connection playing out in the work that you do? 
so this connection is incredibly important and a necessary part of our ministry. Um, you know, in order to have spiritual, uh, it's, it's, it's so, it's so, so important. Our providers, providers frequently have conversations to tell somebody that there isn't anything for them physically that we can do. Um, and when they have those conversations, we try to have our chaplains there as well to give them spiritual hope, um, in order to encourage them, in order to, um, help them make the connection between that physical and emotional and spiritual part of their life. Um, we have uh, the opportunity to pray for our patients regularly as well, um, to say, you know, we are trying to help you physically, but we'd also like to help you spiritually. Um, there's a story I have real quickly about the power of prayer. If you'll permit me, please, can I share please that? Do, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, um, <laughs> no, you're not allowed ago, to share stories. That's awful. No, please go ahead. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thank you. Um, a couple of weeks ago, there was a child that I was taking care of. Um, and I came in in the morning and she started seizing. Um, and we have a number of medications that we can give for seizures. Um, and we started giving those and they didn't work. So we gave more and they didn't work. So we gave more. And that continued on and it lasted all morning. So she's, wow. this patient seized for wow. four hours and we had maxed out our therapy. Um, and it was just so discouraging and the family was so worried. And I was essentially just with this patient for the entire morning, couldn't leave her side. Um, and, you know, I always pray for my patients, but in this case specifically, I just, I prayed to God, please please help her. Um, she, she has desperate need of you and she has desperate need of physical healing. Um, just really connected with this patient and with her family. And the doctor came in after pretty much giving all of the medications that we had possible. And he had looked up, um, you know, seizures that won't stop. And there was one medication that you could kind of use as a last resort. And he said, let's try it because nothing else is working. And we gave that medication and she stopped seizing and she started to breathe better and she started to um, recover. And uh, the next day she woke up and started eating and was able to be discharged a couple of days later. And it was just wow. really, really cool to awesome. see a real... God answers prayers all the time, but that one was just a very concrete um, answer to prayer. And it was just really, really cool to see. That's awesome. And we were able to share with the family, you mm. know, this is this is God's work because we can't do anything. Yeah, that's Absolutely. awesome. We've talked a lot about, you know, difficulties or challenges that the patients have to overcome, that the hospital has to work through. What are some challenges that you specifically face, you know, just personally working in another country where resources are limited? Mm -hmm. um, so the amount of death that we see that is due to treatable and preventable mm. diseases is really hard to accept, especially as a Westerner who knows what treatments are possible and what preventative measures are possible. Um, there's an emotional burden that is only relieved by Jesus, who is sovereign and loves these patients infinitely more than I ever can. Um, but that doesn't mean it is easy and right. it requires a solid relationship with Jesus and, uh, communion with him because mm. 
it's it's a display of how broken our world is. Um, another challenge is simply the amount of work. Yeah. Um, there is so much to do and it keeps building if you let it. And I have let it. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's hard not to. And then, uh, yeah, just, just work a lot. And then um, cultural differences that I may never understand um, can be really tiring and really frustrating. And it's not a... Uh, in between, it's not an interpersonal thing. It's a cultural thing. I may know that there are differences, um, but the way that I approach situations and the way my, my coworkers may approach situations may be something I never truly get used to or am comfortable with. Um, so these, these uh, differences require God's given grace and patience to know how to deal with these situations. Um, it, it's not easy, but um, I'm learning a lot and I pray that I will continue to learn. Yeah. Well, it's it just sounds like I know you would be the first person to or the last person to uh, admit this, but um, I know that uh, God has just been really gracious to you in the the amount of maturity and character that He's built in you to uh, re- uh, that's required for that situation. So um, we are just so blessed to be able to have been a part of that process to watch you grow in those ways. I mean, it's just amazing. Thank you. Um, but so thank you so much uh, for being with us again, Caroline. I know that it's uh, like you said, you have all, you're a very busy individual. <laughs> so the fact that you took a half an hour out to just share with us, it really means a lot to us. And I know for the people that will hear this podcast, it's going to be really a blessing and um, just challenging just to hear um, from your experience and perspective. So thanks so much for being with us. Well, thank you again for having me. And thank you again, Liberty, for uh, partnering with us and for your generosity. Well, before we wrap up our episode, we want to end, as we always do, with a time of personal reflection. And um, so, Cami, how are you going to lean into prayer this week and process a little bit um, with the Lord as a result of our conversation? I feel like I'll definitely be praying more for people in the medical fields. Mm-hmm. I've been in this situation way too much due to my health, family's health. You know, I have family that used to work in, in the medical field, and I I don't know if it's just my perspective or just a westernized view of it, but I feel like when you're struggling physically, it absolutely can destroy your spiritual walk as well. Mm. I mean, it can tear you down or it can make you stronger, and I, I feel like it's a really fine line to walk. So knowing that you can do those in tandem and they only work in tandem, I think is a huge thing that, that I need to pray for myself and for others. Yeah, that's good. Um, you know, the thing that uh, our time with Jenny la- uh, last time and our time with Caroline um, over the last couple of months uh, talking with her, uh, I feel like that in the church and just more broadly in our culture, like we really need to evaluate, reevaluate how we view uh, medical professionals, yes, um, mm-hmm. and especially during and post pandemic, like just the the ordeal that that the people in that field have had to go through. Um, I I feel like that we view that job as we almost kind of how we view an auto mechanic, you know, a very utilitarian perspective. You know, I have a problem, I'm going to go, and they're going to they're figured out it what it is, and they're going to solve it. But especially like the nursing field of like how much they have an influence even beyond just the the physical care of individuals. Right. Like I can't tell you how many stories of, 
of people that I know that are nurses that talk about how the 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 nurse was right there in the moment of need personally emotionally spiritually as well as physically and um i feel like that we take that for granted and i really would love to see the church recognize almost the pastoral nature of of that field mm-hmm. and really value and lift that up as a very important means of ministry um, not only in the mission field, but also here in our own community. And so I hope that, that this this series would be um, a part of raising that awareness of, of actually what, what goes on in that field and how important it is. Well, thank you for tuning in and listening again. We aspire to give you real-life stories and experiences to help you in your current phase of life. As always, you can tune in next week for a new episode of Go. And remember to make your life a mission.